When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the Memphis Tigers Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Inside Memphis Athletics, the official podcast of the Memphis Tigers. Now, here's Jeff Brightwell. We're joined today by Josh Cooperwood, one of the new assistants here at the University of Memphis with women's basketball. But first of all, Coach, you're, you're not new in the Coach Simmons system. You were with her at Gardner-Webb. And this day and age, you see a lot of players get in the portal, a lot of assistants come with uh, with head coaches. Uh, but Memphis, not really new to you. You were you were born in Memphis, but really kind of raised in Nashville. So you're used to middle and in West Tennessee. What's it feel like to kind of come back to uh, to your roots? Uh, feels pretty good. You know, got a lot of family in the Memphis area. On my dad's side of the family, then all of my uh, mom's side of the family where I grew up from is in Nashville. So it feels pretty good being back in my home state. Well, let's talk first of all about your decision to come on over here with with Coach Simmons. Uh, obviously, when when coaches move, there's a decision to be made. If the, if there's an opportunity to go with the coach, you can do that, or you can move on to a different place. We know as you move up the ranks, there's a lot of different spots you can go to, but what was it about staying in this system? Uh, really good system. Uh, and kind of uh, when I left Winthrop uh, to go over to Gardner Well with Coach, this was kind of always, you know, in the back of my mind, mm-hmm. you know, the program at Gardner Well was really, really good. And so that was one of the selling points that she and I kind of talked about, you know, getting me leaving from Winthrop, coming over mm-hmm. to Gardner-Webb. So she, we joked about it about a week or so ago. The first time she called me, I told her no. <laughs> so, But it was always kind of in the back of my mind. There is something to be said about that when you want to kind of move up and you want to keep getting experience. It's it's not always moving around. Uh, there, there's something to to be said about staying in a in a winning program and a system that, that breeds success. Yeah, I think uh, – it, that's very important, and I think uh, Coach Simmons is just a winner. Like mm-hmm. from her playing days, just being from Tennessee, if you know anything about Shelbyville girls basketball, like they used to win it every year. Yeah. Then moving on, going to Tennessee, winning there, and then once she started, you know, coaching at Middle Tennessee, they were winning every year. Mm-hmm. Um, once she became the head coach at Gardner Webb, 
never had a losing conference record. Yeah. Every you know, just just a winner every level that she's been at. So looking at her style, you know, getting able to join her and seeing how she does things, like winning is just what she does. So it made it really easy. We've talked to Coach Simmons. We've done a podcast with her. So as an assistant, what's it like being in her system? What's it like working for her, coaching with her, and, and coaching that system? Because let's face it, as a, as a player, it looks like a lot of fun. She wants to get, what, 80 possessions a game. She wants to get up down the floor. Uh, she's going to give free range to people if, if they can shoot the three. It seems like a player's type of system. How is it for coaches? Oh, yeah, it's uh, same for coaches. Like she loves her coaches to be in the gym. Uh, really, really big on skill development. Uh, so we spend a lot of time on the court uh, with the players in your position, you know, working them out, getting them better. Uh, and then the system, it is a player system, you know, getting up and down, playing fast, playing to your strengths. Uh, she doesn't really get on players for taking shots. You know, the only, the only time she'll get on you if you're not taking shots mm-hmm. or if you take a shot that she doesn't see you work on. <laughs> If she see you working on that shot and you take that shot, she's cool with it. Yeah. You know, because she know that's something that you work on. It's a system that she talked about at the press conference too. It's it's not just a run and gun system. You guys do put an emphasis on defense as well. Oh yeah, defense is a a big part of, of what we do. Uh we like to press. Uh, you know, we like to have more possessions than our opponents. I think last year we averaged uh, 12 more possessions uh, than our opponents did. And getting some of those extra possessions comes from getting steals on the defensive end. Let's talk about your background a little bit, and then we'll kind of come back to uh, Coach Simmons and, and the decision and what you guys uh, expect here at Memphis. Been around. You've made some stops, as you mentioned, Winthrop, Georgia Southern, Louisiana Monroe, Mississippi Valley, uh, NC Central. You started out at your alma mater, uh, Tennessee State. So you've seen a lot around the southeast in basketball. Yeah, I've saw a lot, uh, you know, had a few stops uh, around the southeast mm-hmm. and kind of know the area, uh, like the back of my hand, Tennessee, Georgia, yeah. um, Louisiana, uh, got into Texas a little bit, uh, Florida. So I know the south uh, pretty well. I have a lot of contacts, you know, through AAU programs, high school programs, and junior college programs. Being uh, born and raised in Memphis, let's go way back in the background. So you move up to Nashville and you come through the Nashville basketball scene and the high school. A lot of people in the state are going to talk about basketball in, in Memphis. But tell us, what was it like growing up in Nashville and playing basketball? What was the the scene like in Nashville? I mean, the scene in Nashville was always good. You know, mm-hmm. it was a big competition. Uh, starting probably 7th, 8th grade, always Nashville versus Memphis, mm-hmm. and, you know, in AAU. Um Back then, it was my AAU team was the Music City Players, yeah. uh, and the Memphis had a, a good organization called the Memphis Y. Yeah, and so I mean, we would come up like eighth grade, myself, Ron Slade, Terry Reynolds, you know, coming up playing against Scooter McFadden, yeah. Paris London, all of those guys, Tony Harris. So it's always a good competition, you know, between Memphis and Nashville. Every yeah. time we would come and compete, you know, uh, Nashville. Good scene, good high school basketball. Um, I played with Charles Hathaway. Uh, he played at Tennessee when I was a freshman in high school. He was a senior. Um, you know, played AAU with Ron Slay, Terry Reynolds, James Stewart. They played at Austin P. Trent Hassel yeah. played at Austin P. Uh, so we had a, a really good group of guys, you know, in that middle Tennessee area uh, when it came to basketball. 
down here people always talk about the pride of being from Memphis and playing on those AAU teams, the high school teams. But when you played them uh, as a player in Nashville, I'm sure all you guys talked, even on the other side of the state, that we're all competing right now. At some point we're probably going to be, whether it's junior college or Division One, probably at least a couple of them you're going to be teammates with somewhere. Yeah, so uh, it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know uh, ten- it used to be the Tennessee-Georgia All-Star game. Yeah. And my senior year, uh, Coach Tippett, he was yeah. a legendary coach over here. At, I think it was White, White Station. Station. Yeah. yeah, he was our he was our coach in the <laughs> Tennessee Georgia All Star game. Uh, so myself, uh, Orlando Springer uh, was a guy from Nashville. Slay had moved on and went to Oak Hill, so they didn't let him play in that game. But we had a couple guys from Memphis uh, played at White Station. Uh, you got a chance to play college ball. You start out over at Chattanooga State, uh, your junior college All-American there back in 2001. Uh, how old were you when you got that first letter in the mail from from any college or or someone told you that you, you're not just good, you got a chance maybe to uh, get to another level? Probably my freshman year uh, because of because of Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin O'Neill was at, at Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, got my first letter uh, from Coach O'Neill. Uh, and then Coach Ricardo Patton, uh, he recruited me at Tennessee State, and then he got the Colorado mm-hmm. job. Uh, so he recruited me. Uh, Tick Price mm-hmm. was the coach here at Memphis back then, got got a lot of interest from him back in the day. Uh, so then it kind of took off from there. I think I averaged my senior year in high school, averaged 30 points. Uh, I think I led the state in scoring myself. And uh, Jason Rogan, he played at Portland High School. Okay. His his younger brother happens to be Corey Brewer. Okay, <laughs> played with the Gators, played in the NBA for a long time. Uh, so kind of you know kind of took off from there. Virginia Tech was was very serious. LSU. Uh, then I had some you know grade issues back then. You could prop forty eight right. and things like that. So I didn't want to sit out. Uh, so I just decided to go to junior college. Had a pretty good pretty good run there. And Tennessee State had always kind of recruited me. Uh, Coach Frankie Allen and then um, Nolan Richardson's son, yeah. Nolan Richardson III, got the job. And the first day he got the job, him and one of his assistant coaches, Coach Lewis, they were in Chattanooga like the very next day. And so they just came, you know, kind of recruited me hard, and I was like, you know, I can go there, play right away. Um, the Ohio Valley Conference was pretty good. Uh, back then you had a number of guys, yeah. you know, that – uh, were in NBA camps, playing overseas. So it was a good league, and I knew that I was going to go in and kind of play right away. And so that's ultimately uh, the reason I chose to go play back at home at Tennessee State. So you and I were in the OVC right about the same time. I was over at SEMO for, for a few years, and I remember those teams, the Tennessee State teams, Murray State, Austin P. Uh, I think Southeast went in 2000 to the NCAA tournament. Moorhead State would pop up every now and then. It was a pretty solid basketball conference. Yeah, Eastern Illinois yeah, was pretty right. good, too. They had Kyle Hill. I think yeah. Kyle Hill got drafted. He led the nation in scoring. Mm-hmm. And then the very next year, Henry Domerkant at Eastern right. Illinois, he led the nation in scoring. So you had those two guys. Trent was at Austin P. You had Nick Stapleton mm-hmm. at Austin P. Ricky Menard at Moorhead State, he got drafted, I think, second round mm-hmm. to the Spurs. Uh, the big guy at Murray State, Big Singleton, yeah. he played with the Clippers for a number of years. So the Ohio Valley Conference was a very, very good league back then. And you had, you know, every night you had to bring it. And we were actually, you know, my junior year, we were pretty pretty competitive yeah. in that league. 
neat thing was being at Tennessee State in Nashville, you're the one you're the one school there that was in a big city. All of them were a small, medium yeah. type of city, but you're the one big city team in the league. Yeah, so that kind of uh, kind of helped us out a little bit. Yeah. You know, we had recruiting was good, uh, atmosphere was good, a lot of home uh, home crowd mm-hmm. from my high school, my family, friends got a chance to see me play every night. So we had the gentry center kind of rocking back then. Of course. Uh, Getting recruited to go back to Tennessee State, and you said, uh, you know, you were you were, you were recruited pretty quickly and hard by by Nolan when he got there uh, to come back home. Was that a big hook for you? Because I know a lot of players like to, you know, look, kids are kids. We all want to get away at first, and you went away a little bit to Chattanooga State. It wasn't that far, but it was probably far enough away. Right. And by that time, probably maybe the the call of coming home, I guess, is pretty big. Yeah, so I went. Uh, I took a visit to LSU uh, out of, in high school, my senior year. Uh, took a visit to Virginia Tech, a mm-hmm. uh, number of other places. Ole Miss kind of was flirting with me a little bit, mm-hmm. took an unofficial there. So I kind of had kind of been around and, you know, had some older guys in my circle, uh, you know, Corey Allen being one former player at Tennessee, uh, Dante Jones played at Mississippi State. Uh, and so those guys kind of told me both of those guys played in junior college. So yeah. both of those guys said, man, pick a school where you can go. You don't have that much time. Pick a school where you can go. And you know you're going to have immediate impact right away. So that kind of made me uh, shape my decision. Uh, and I, it was back home. Yeah. You had a lot of success, Matt. I know you made all conference in the OVC, so I had a lot of success there. And decided to go back there and kind of kind of get started, I guess. Started out as director of operations. So at what point did you, did you think about, you know, you wanted to coach? Is that something you knew as a player or is that something that kind of – came up after that or when when did you kind of get that coaching bug? Uh kind of came up after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last year playing overseas, um I was a year away from graduating, mm-hmm. needed to finish my degree. Uh so I originally went back. I was a student assistant for the men's team mm-hmm. and I was working on my degree. Um and in that time, uh somebody on the women's staff uh got really sick and they needed somebody to to fill in, right. so the athletic director kind of came to me at that time. And said, "Hey, would you mind being like our third assistant or director of operations?" And I was like, "No, nah, I don't really yeah. really like girls basketball. Right. Like, no, nah, I'm not interested." So a few months went by, and they kind of came back to me, and was like, "Look, we know you're, you're finishing up school. Don't worry about that. You can still, you know, finish up school mm-hmm. and and still do the job." So I did it. Uh, kind of fell in love with it. Uh, was able to recruit a little bit. Was able to just to do a lot of different yeah. things uh, starting from the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, I did our first year, I just did all team travel, uh, team meals, equipment. Yeah. So I was able to to do a lot of different things. Like the coach was an older coach. He kind of let me just handle the budget. So I was able to just get in and learn and, and do a lot of things. So I kind of, uh, I enjoyed that. Like it was like I was a general manager right. almost, you know, so. And we end up getting good. Yeah. You know, we end up getting good. We won the OVC in 2014, 2015, yeah. and just kind of took off from there and never looked back. How much did your experience, because you played pro ball over in Europe for nine seasons, how much did your experience being overseas? And, boy, you're not just getting away from home. You're getting out of the country. I mean, you're it's a business once you get into pro ball. You know that. How much experience did that help you when you go into being, like you said, a director of operations for people who don't know 
you, you deal with everything. You're talking about budgets, make sure the meals are there, the travel's there, the plane's going to be on time, the bus is going to show up on time. There's so much involved of being a director of operations. How much did being over overseas playing pro ball where it's a business help translate into a, to doing that? I think it helped a lot just, you know, from the pro experience, mm-hmm. pro side. I kind of wanted everything to be, you know, pro-like. So mm-hmm. I wanted everything, make sure we had the best bus, the best meals, the best equipment. You know, I just wanted everything to be at a high level. And so I think that experience kind of just shaped me to even being the coach I am today. I just treat the players yeah. kind of like have that pro pro style, like respect everybody. You know, and I think that experience helped me a lot. Tell us about playing over in Europe. Where all did you play over there? Uh, I had some really good years in Israel. Pretty oh. good, pretty good league over there. I spent three years um, in Israel. Uh, played in Croatia for a year. Uh, played in the Middle East. I played in Lebanon. Uh, that was a pretty good experience. Uh, played in Iran, uh, and that was uh, back then. They was paying a lot, a yeah. lot of money in Iran. So my last two years, I uh, took the big payday and went over to Iran. What's it like being over there? A lot of people, all they know about is what they're going to see on the news. Uh, and when you say Middle East, they, they, they know what they see on the news. It's probably not that way at all. And, 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 and for as big as people think basketball is here, and as big as in the U.S., it's the birthplace of basketball, it, it's huge overseas. Oh, yeah, over, overseas is, uh, is great, especially a country like Israel. Yeah. Uh, when I first you know, got my contract and was leaving, my family was like, man, you're going to Israel? They bombing over there. <laughs> You know, but when I got over there, yeah. it was, man, it was unbelievable. I still have friends there, and throughout my career, I would, you know, summers or before I was would come back home, yeah. I would still go um, over to Tel Aviv and hang out mm-hmm. and shop. Uh, just a really cool place, a really nice place. That, that, that's, and that's a great story. That's kind of what I was getting at. That, and that's a reason a lot of times teams will take the – I know you can do it every four years. They just announce Penny and then we're going to go to the Dominican. But you take the foreign tours because it's – you go overseas somewhere, it's, it's not really what you see on the news. You see stuff on the news, but it's uh, – to get out and experience the world is a, is a whole new level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Israel, Lebanon, I mean, those are like some beautiful places, yeah. like outside of basketball, just like – you know, the culture, the scenery, the food, the music, like just beautiful place, beautiful people, like really, really nice people. You know, so a lot of times, you know, when you see those things that are going on, that might be between our government and their government right. and not necessarily just the people yeah. in general. Uh, so I never had, you know, like a bad experience mm-hmm. or anything like that. That's 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 awesome. That's a great story. Let, let's cut, let's go back to coming to Memphis with Coach Simmons. Uh, coaches and players are the same. They're going to do the research. So I'm sure you kind of looked into. Okay, you're going to Memphis. Let me check them out. It's kind of unique when you when you guys come here because it's not often when coaches take jobs where they're in taking a program that's on the upswing. A lot of times, coaching moves are made because things aren't going well with. What Coach Merriweather did here the last two years to, to establish a foundation, had the run in the WNIT last year. It's got to be exciting to, to come to a program that, you know, now now you're taking a solid foundation, but you're you're wanting to build upon that. Oh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's very good. There's only two, two kind of jobs you're going to get. You're going to get a job because the coach got fired, mm-hmm. or you're going to get a job because the coach did really well and moved on. Mm-hmm. So in this case, Coach Merriweather and her staff did a really, really good job of getting this program where it needed to be. 
you know, before that, it was a little maybe dormant, right. so to speak. I think she came in and did a really, really good job and got the program back, you know, to national prominence, mm-hmm. prominence you know, making it WNIT run. And so, you know, we have some some big shoes to fill or just keep the momentum yeah. going. Not really, I wouldn't say big shoes, but just really just the foundation that yeah. she's laid, just take off from there and keep it going. As an assistant coach, what all are you going to be your responsibilities? You have certain position or what all you got going? Uh, uh, for coach, I do most of our uh, compliance. Okay. I do, you know, make sure we're compliant. New rules every day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Make sure, uh, you know, we got our catalogs in, practice yeah. times, things like that. Uh, I do practice times. Recruiting, obviously, uh, you know, responsible for recruiting. Uh, bringing in players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with the guards, so skill development will be very, very big. Make sure that, you know, our young ladies are can can dribble the ball, come off of that ball screen, uh, shoot a lot of threes, and just get better and better each and every day. When you, uh, when, when you look ahead now toward the fall, and I'm sure you've obviously you've all been over to the field house and seen the renovations over there and what they've done to it to really uh, – upgrade that arena and I'm sure you guys have looked at the game film especially toward the postseason when they had the the sellouts for the WNIT it's got to make you excited to know that you know what kind of a home court advantage you can have on campus here yeah I mean if you know anything about Memphis you know this is a basketball Mm -hmm. town uh with the Grizzlies with Memphis men's basketball and now you know the women are you know joining those two so to see that they had a couple sellouts at the end you know, with Coach Simmons, you know, being a, a, a Tennessee product, I'm pretty sure, yeah. you know, the city is buzzing and we can keep that momentum going. As we wrap it up, uh, since since you said your emphasis is kind of going to be on the guards, what what's a Josh Cooper Wood guard going to look like? What, what What is your type of player? Uh, my type of player is somebody that can, can really shoot the ball and score the ball all three levels. Um, I was a scorer, so I like, I like to shoot the three. Uh, really, really like the mid-range, the pull-up game, and then getting all the way to the basket. So players that can, you know, score on all three levels, uh, make the right reads, and just play and have fun. Sounds good. Coach, we're glad to have you here. (laughs) I'm glad to be here. Go Tigers, go. This has been Inside Memphis Athletics, the official podcast of the Memphis Tigers. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Memphis Tigers Sports Network.